Do you ever get the sense that an unseen force is at work in your marriage? I'm not going all woo-woo on you here, but what if you could identify that force, understand it, and then use your marriage as a place of healing? The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an exciting podcast for you this week. Actually, I'm not sure I'd call it exciting. I think call it like amazing or really neat. But regardless yep. of the adjective, this is episode number 129. And today we're going to be talking about the impact of trauma on marriage. So what that looks like and then how your marriage relationship can actually become a healing agent for trauma. Yeah, that's probably the exciting part. Yeah, I guess that part's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But trauma itself is really challenging. Mm-hmm. So before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed why the best sex is happening in the marriage bed, and it's worth going back and checking out. Mm-hmm. We're getting a lot of downloads on that podcast. Funny that. Not surprising. <laughs> also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, you'll get research-based insights from us that you may not hear anywhere else. Okay, let's talk about trauma. How big of a deal is this issue? Well... I don't want to create something that's not there, but I think we need to talk about this because I see it at play in a lot of marriages Uh at a level like below awareness. Like they're not aware that this is going on. That's why we, in the hook, we talked about this sort of unseen force because this thing is happening and it's in there. And I don't think people really are able to put their finger on what's going on. Okay. But it's more common than, I don't have numbers, but it's much more common, I think, than what we expect. And I'm hoping that today by educating our listeners and our patrons, they can self-evaluate to see if this is relevant or helpful for for their marriage. Okay. So let's define trauma to start with. It has different definitions. It can be caused by different things. Experiences such as childhood illnesses or hospitalization. or it cause trauma? Yeah. Okay. Or even as an adult, near-death experiences where death is witnessed, accidents, extreme things like genocide, war, rape, torture. Those are all examples of situations where trauma may result. So it's really any deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And often you'll see this where, particularly where a person's ability to cope is overwhelmed and you end up feeling powerless. Okay. So I mean, whatever your kind of circumstance might be, If there is some situation where your coping ability was overwhelmed, like this was just too much for you Mm -hmm. and you felt powerless, then trauma could come as a result of that experience. Okay. An experience that fits into that category. Okay. Now- So this isn't necessarily feeling overwhelmed now and feeling powerless. It's when the trauma occurred. Yes. You're talking about, okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And like trauma, I think all this sort of first got uncovered with maybe a little bit after Second World War, but more after the Vietnam War when- Men were coming back from the battlefield and PTSD mm-hmm. and, and so on. And mm-hmm. that, so this research is, even though probably these things have existed for a long time, they've only really started to be articulated for more recently. Okay. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting about it is trauma is the rule of nine. And the rule of nine is, you know, there's different ways you can multiply figures to get to nine. So mm-hmm. one incident that is like a nine on a scale of like zero is not a big deal. Nine is like, I yeah. just saw something really terrible or something really terrible happened to me. One incident at nine, you can have trauma. Mm-hmm. Or a person could have three incidents at about a three level. 
So none of them by themselves oh. would be major enough, but they add up together. Okay. Or even a nine by one where it could just be repeated exposure to something, you know, air quotes, small. Yeah. Again, not big enough by itself mm-hmm. because it's the same exposure over and over. Eventually it evokes a trauma response. Okay. And trauma ends up being the response that you carry to a very negative event or a series of events. If you think about trauma and like it's, it's normal, mm-hmm. it's a normal reaction in an extreme situation to feel overwhelmed and unable to cope. Like, okay. Yeah. Underscore on the word extreme. Right. But the issue is that it, it can come from that situation and the response can continue into other parts of your regular everyday life where it continues now and it's impacting your ability to function day to day. Okay. And of course, we're particularly interested in this as it relates to marriage. Yeah. That being the subject of our, our podcast. So let's talk about how trauma impacts marriage. A study from 2000 looked at 96 couples where at least one spouse reported a history of childhood abuse. Again, that would be a likely source of trauma. So these mm-hmm. couples exhibit some particular attributes and we'll look at what and then why and then how we can help heal this. Okay. Mm-hmm. This study made a few observations. First, if one or both spouses reported a history of physical or sexual abuse in childhood, the couple was more likely to experience lower relationship satisfaction mm-hmm. and higher individual stress symptoms than couples where neither spouse reported an abuse history. Okay. So you're more likely sense. to have an impact on your marriage, which is just saying, yeah, this can impact marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And they also noted that couples with a history of childhood abuse, where one spouse had a history of childhood abuse, they scored lower on cohesion than non-abuse couples. So cohesion is about the closeness of the couple. And so there's more distance experienced in marriages where childhood abuse has been part of one or both spouses' history. Hmm. So why is that? Well, we're going to get to that in just one sec, babe. Okay. But I think I want us to understand that it's common for individuals who've experienced abuse to report that they experience more emotional distance, more isolation. So yeah. In their marriages. In their marriages. So it totally touches marriages. Okay. Now, if this is you and you're listening today, don't worry. Like I'm, I'm giving you the bad news here first, but we do have good news in the back half of today's <laughs> show. So hang with us here. Now, you asked the question, why does trauma affect marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about attachment before, which is the science of love or the love bond that exists between two people in a yeah. marriage, right? Yeah. So trauma impacts attachment and related to that attachment, one's ability to be emotionally engaged with someone else. So let's talk about some examples of what this looks like based on, uh, this is based on the work of Johnson and Williams Keller. And by the way, this is Sue Johnson who really pioneered the EFCT, the Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy which is the approach to couples therapy that I use with my clients. So she has this kind of additional part that she does as it relates to trauma, which is really cool. So the first thing that she noted is she talks about, or these people talk about disengagement and withdrawal. If you think about the severity of situations that prompt a trauma response, it makes sense that you need a secure base to come back to. So you're out in the world, something crazy happens. What do you need to do? You need to go like back somewhere safe and decompress, right? Yeah. But trauma is often prompted by violations from the very people that we should be safe with. Okay. And I'm thinking of child abuse by a parent as an example. Okay. So it becomes easy to see how trauma destroys the trust and security that are the main building blocks for that attachment bond. Oh, because the very person that you should go to for safety has violated. Is the person who's perpetrating the trauma. Okay. The abuse that results in trauma. Yeah. Now you have a child who grows up to be an adult who desperately needs to feel safe but also feels unable to trust human connection as a place of safety. Mm. So in your marriage today, 
you have a spouse with this formative belief that closeness is not safe. Therefore, they can either be quite disengaged or they can vacillate between feeling anxious and needy, like wanting the closeness versus distant and disengaged. I don't want that. That's risky. Okay. And where you and I, Verlinda, because we've been spared from these experiences, we, we see connection with each other as a source of safety and comfort. Yeah. A trauma impacted spouse can't help but see the same thing as a source of danger. Because it wasn't safe in the past. Right. So therefore, it's not going to be safe again. Right. Okay. But they're as human as the rest of us and they need an emotional engagement just like we do. Okay. Right. And emotional engagement is a key feature of a strong, satisfying marriage. But if you think about this again in this context, emotional engagement leads to or it needs vulnerability. And a survivor of trauma will feel the need to avoid vulnerability to protect from harm. So you kind of get into a cycle here. Yeah. And so therefore, and I'm quoting here the researchers, relationship activities that have the potential to soothe and calm other distressed couples, such as confiding and lovemaking, become at minimum a source of threat and at worst a source of re-traumatization in the partnerships of trauma victims. Wow. Because they associate that closeness with like betrayal pretty much or the trauma. Yeah. Violation of... Violation. Wow. Some sort usually, right? Yeah. So yeah, disengagement and withdrawal is Makes pretty sense. normal to see, right? Yeah. And there's another thing just to complicate this a little more called vicarious traumatization. So let's say you have survived trauma and as your spouse, I get to see how deeply affected you are by different aspects of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because it's so personal, because of our closeness now as a couple, I begin to experience personal distress on account of your trauma. So now I'm having an emotional response to the trauma that you've experienced. Okay. And I start to wonder if the world is a safe place too. And now I'm starting to live out the same responses as you, my traumatized spouse. This is vicarious traumatization. I am experiencing the consequences of what you have been through. The traumatic event did not happen to me, but I'm starting to experience the trauma, right? And now I become disengaged and withdrawn. Now you have two people. And then one person it didn't even happen to. Yeah. Now this starts getting really hard to sort out. Yeah. Right. So this is why I really wanted to bring this out in our podcast and mention this to people because your marriage might be very distressed, but it's really not either of your faults. But we need to identify this other power, this unseen force that's moving. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. real. Right. Okay. Okay. So you have uh, disengagement withdrawal, you have vicarious traumatization. And then there's also, and these are similar things, but different. There's distancing, defense, and distrust. So I'll read you a longer quote here. It's not too psychobabbly, but just stop me if something needs clarifying. I surely will. That's good. (laughs) Trauma victims' marriages are therefore more likely to become distressed and once distressed, tend to become stuck in a particularly intense self-perpetuating cycle of distance, defense, and distrust. In addition, marital distress tends to evoke, maintain, and exacerbate trauma symptoms because we're reacting to each other negatively because of these issues that are going on, it yeah. tends to reinforce the belief that it's, it's not, not safe. safe to be close. Oh, okay, okay. A vicious cycle is then set in motion that often is that is often totally debilitating to both the relationship and to individual partners' ability to cope with the effects of the trauma. Just this cycle, because I don't trust you, so then I distance myself. Yeah. Which makes you seem... Which, or I get upset at that, and I get angry at you. Because you're never there for me. Which reinforces that I can't trust you. Yeah. And I need to be defensive. Huh. Okay. Now, kind of listening to to myself saying what I just said or what we're talking about, right? Yeah. And we have people that are listening to this, that this is their reality. Mm -hmm. And I'm just worried that 
As a listener today, you could be feeling pretty bad about yourself. And one of the things that my counseling clients tell me is they appreciate my honesty with them, but I also want to be very gentle. And you you may have listened to what amounts a pretty difficult assessment of your marriage and your role in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not the survivor, you're the other spouse. But don't go to shame on this one. Like whatever the source of your trauma is, it's not your fault. None of us are immune to trauma, right? And this yeah. could happen to any one of us, even therapists who are very emotionally resilient, like people that have done their own work and they could be vulnerable to trauma too and to vicarious traumatization. So this thing is out there and it's real. Okay. So if this is you today and you're identifying with this, don't think of yourself as being fundamentally flawed or ruined or that you're damaged goods and you're stuck there. This is about how okay. you've learned to cope as a survivor. But what you can do is to take ownership of your journey towards healing. And the good news though, is that even though your marriage is where the impact of the trauma is very visible, your marriage can also be a place where healing can begin and then grow into wholeness. That's neat. That's the exciting part. It is. And again, I have a self-help tool that our listeners can download, our supporters can download, I should say. It's actually a treatment plan, but you need to know for this purpose that it's a self-help tool. It does not replace counseling. But if you want to work on this trauma issue inside your marriage, it should be a big help if trauma is part of your background. This tool is available only to our supporters. And you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll take a quick 60-second break now to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about why trauma affects marriage and how. And now I'd like to talk about how marriage can become a place of healing from trauma. It's a more positive part. Yes. So I think it's really cool that even though trauma can have a distressing impact on marriage, there can also be an inverse effect where marriage can have a healing impact back on the trauma. And for me, I, this just kind of prompts me to worship God because it's so cool that he designed a relationship for us, which could be a place of healing and recovery from the most extreme challenges that life can throw at us. Hmm, yeah. So there was a study in 2005 by Skogrind et al. who studied adults who survived and transcended a traumatic childhood. And they looked specifically at the role that these this, their spouses played in the, in the process of overcoming these childhood experiences. Half of the participants in the study believed that their spouse was helpful in the, in the recovery process. So they wanted to okay. say, okay, how was that? How did they help? And these survivors stated that their spouses provided a listening ear, uh, someone to give support through difficult times. This gave survivors courage and the ability to emotionally move to a better place. Survivors who believed their spouses were helpful in the process of transcending these issues, and I'm quoting here, reported having a spouse who listens, loves unconditionally, is not judgmental, and is nurturing. Hmm. 
And the researchers underscored again that these adults all reported on this major theme of having a spouse who would listen to them and do so for as long as they needed to be talking through something. Hmm. And so they weren't shut down. They like weren't shutting them down. They just were, keep talking. And it, I think, again, the, the unwritten part of this is the signal that's coming through is I'm here for you. It's safe. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I think that's a huge first takeaway. And hopefully for those of our listeners who have a spouse who has gone through trauma, you'll see that this is something quite achievable. Yeah. All you really need to do here is listen. And we talk about that in episode 15. We give you some of the basics on it. If you really want to get serious with your communication skills and you're listening, you can check out our communications course, Talk To Me 101. You can get that at talktome101.com. But aside from listening, like today's bonus guide is definitely going to tell you what you need to do as a couple to work through trauma in a healing manner. But I want to kind of just go more into how that process works before we wrap up the show, Verlinda. So again, back to Sue Johnson and and the person who worked with her on this subject, Williams Keller. They talk about three things that happen when marriage is used as a healing agent. Okay. So the first is they note that marriage can help survivors of trauma to regulate negative affect and manage symptoms. Now, this is typical language for this area of study, but the regulation of affect just means how I am able to independently and constructively manage my emotions. Mm-hmm. So marriage can help a person learn to manage their emotions hmm. okay. constructively. Yeah. Remember when you think of trauma, there's a struggle with what they call reactive mood states, which is just strong shifts in mood based on what's happening around you. In in probably everyday language, it's like the roller coaster of emotions. Okay. So I don't even think you need to be traumatized to have a roller coaster uh, of emotions. <laughs> yeah. This is more severe than then? than what you might be referring to. <laughs> <laughs> How okay. do you explain what you were referring to, Verlinda? Well, just some men, you know, like they can be over the top or down low. Mm-hmm. Based on the time of the month it is for those men? <laughs> Okay, we shouldn't joke, I guess, but like... Well, that part I think we can joke about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there can be a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, this is more of a kind of reactive thing, though, and more severe. To something that's triggering the trauma. Yeah, and really, honestly, both couples know that the severity doesn't fit the context of the situation that they're in. That's how you know that there's something else going on here, Okay, okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, and there could be a lot of anxiety, too. And then, of course, there can be flashbacks. Because when we talk about trauma, like we're in that whole PTSD domain, right? Yeah. And these things can kind of ambush the person who's impacted by the trauma, the survivor. Mm-hmm. Well, the regulation of negative affect and managing of symptoms means not only gaining some relief from all that, but also putting you back into the driver's seat of your emotions. Okay. So when they researched this, they noted one example where if a trauma survivor can turn to her spouse for support at the beginning of a flashback, she may be less likely to dissociate or engage in self-injurious behavior. Little psycho. Okay. No. Why do you... I'm just like, to me, this goes against what you were saying at the beginning where the spouse, you know, given that the trauma probably occurred from someone who should have been safe, the spouse is now considered like an unsafe person. And now you're saying, well, if they go to them anyways... Oh, I see. Okay. Then there's healing. So how do you balance those two? Okay. So we made a shift here that I didn't talk about. So that's a good catch. So a trauma survivor, if they were to stop and think about their spouse, could tell you if that person was objectively a safe person or not. Okay. And, and yet, so from the start of the episode, the perception of 
unsafety comes from the scripts that are created in the survivor's mind from what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. But if they kind of step out of that and they step out of crisis moments into moments when they're calmer and they think about their spouse, they know they're safe. Okay. So then if you've gone into that place and you've agreed with your spouse that you want to work on this to have your marriage become a place of healing, then you can, I think, compel yourself as the survivor to to begin to uh, relate to your spouse out of your new belief that they are actually safe and you're not going to let your perceptions take over. Okay. So this is someone who's working through this. Yeah. Okay. So now you've decided that you're going to take these symptoms to a healthy place for constructive coping, which is you're going to take them mm-hmm. to your spouse and your spouse knows that you're doing this. So they, they've committed to being there to support and to respond appropriately. Right? Right. Okay. So that means instead of downing some vodka to calm your nerves, you can turn to your spouse for support and comfort. Hmm. Reminding yourself that you're safe, that you can cope, that you aren't crazy. And this is how your marriage relationship can help you constructively manage your emotions. So you're okay. leaving that, leveraging that, that relationship for okay. health. And marriage can also provide what they call a corrective emotional experience. So again, just recall that survivors of trauma can grow up seeing their closest relationships as always having the potential for danger. Mm-hmm. But through the security of a safe and comforting marriage, and I'm quoting the researchers here now, partners can learn that not all close relationships have to involve betrayal and can, in fact, be a source of comfort and a secure base. So this is the corrective emotional experience. You can learn this in the context of your current marriage because your spouse is stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm here, I'm safe, I will never hurt you. And so those beliefs and those scripts that you have in your head about your closest relationships, he or she's going to undermine them by being constantly that safe, loving person that you can go to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that just, that serves to undermine and erode these fundamental beliefs that have been created by the trauma and to replace those beliefs with something that's more wholesome, more adaptive, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this can actually begin, when you find that in your marriage, you can expand this to more of life in general. You'll feel safer with more people. Hmm. That's cool. With time, which is awesome, right? Yeah. And finally... Doing this work together and processing past traumatic experiences in the context of marital therapy can also create a powerful bond between partners because it's like, you know what, we figured this out together. Like, hmm, yeah, right? yeah. And again, allow me to quote the researchers here. So, in the safety of marital therapy, the reprocessing of traumatic experiences can build a powerful bond between partners. For example, when responded to with empathy, the process of sharing not just the facts of the trauma, but the emotional experience of grief or shame tends to create emotional engagement and forge a strong bond between partners. So here's hmm. someone that I've let see into my deepest, most difficult experiences in life. Yeah. And they responded with empathy and care. They know things that nobody else does. And they came to me back with love, forgiveness, they acceptance. Yes. Hmm. Uh, quoting again, this bond that can then become a protective factor against re-traumatization or further traumatic impact in the relationship. Wow. Cool, hey? Yeah, that is. So, you know, I love being married. I love being married to you, but I also love marriage. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because just given to us by God, it shows his wisdom. It's like he's built this self-help or self-healing system into the fabric of our beings as creatures who relate. It's kind of like when you fall and you get a scrape and your blood has this whole clotting system, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. your skin cells are wired to heal over and your blood cells have a role that they play. It's the same with our emotional experiences too. Like there's this healing system in them. Yeah. And that's why we need to cultivate these good marriages and inside those marriages to cultivate an environment of safety and commitment so that we can create resiliency against the impact that very difficult experiences, usually coming from sin, 
that the impact that those things have had on our lives. Hmm. Very cool stuff. All right. Let's wrap this up. All righty. So we'd like to thank those of you who become patrons between this recording and our previous one. Joshua, Donald, and Martin and Lynn. Thank you all. And again, a thank you to our ongoing patrons that support us every month. We really appreciate your contributions, your help, your support, and your encouragement. We do. So we have some iTunes reviews again, Caleb. Okay. And we're almost to this week, but not quite. This is from Michael Soul from Australia. Another Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia's got to be whooping New Zealand, Caleb. They are. Yeah, those poor little kiwis. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he says, love your podcast. You certainly make it easy to understand the concepts you talk about. You both have helped my wife and I in relating to each other in a much more positive, problem-solving way, and also with our teenager. Thanks, Mike. Cool. So thanks, Mike. It's kind of neat that they're also using it now for working with our kid. Yeah, that's really neat. And one more from Hope for the Best, who says, Thank you, guys. I like how you both interact together. I hope my marriage is like that. I'm separated with my husband right now, and I would love to apply what I learned from you guys, but I don't know if there's hope in my Uh marriage to get together. But anyways, I'm glad listening to your program, especially about abusive husbands. Bless you guys. Well, our thoughts and, and prayers go out to you. Yeah, Thank you for that review. That's a tough place. Yeah. So next week, we're going to do a follow-up on this one, Verlinda, and just talk about how trauma impacts marital sexuality. So if you found today's episode spoke to you, you'll definitely appreciate the content in next week's episode too, where we go deep specifically in the area of sexuality and trauma. Okay. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 129. Find out how you can help. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.